0: So both of you have uh children at least one children child <laughs> yes I have children a, a piece yes, We can confirm that all right, all right, so so cormac, my son he's he's a he's at the nine years old i I often wonder, as I'm sure many podcast people do if if when he's older, he'll listen to this now now i i uh make myself feel good, i guess because no one really wants. To know that anyone that they that is listening to their podcast in the future and reacting to it and judging them based on it, right? Just the current listeners in your community, the people who have selected yeah. to listen to you, not not these other people who are not nerding out in whatever content you're doing. Oh, man, that's, you know that's what I'm a saying? Big fear. But, oh
1: yeah, the, the, some somewhere somebody's going to get like you know the the AI uh, uh art the automatic. Translation of of our podcast, and then just provide a transcript to my family. Like, here's 197 episodes, Uh and here's the time in episode 37 where he talked about you, and here's the time in episode 63. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, that 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 way they don't even have to listen. That would be perfect. That
0: that would be terrible. That would be amazing.
1: Roko's Basilisk of podcasting.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) But
2: isn't this what we all want? I just want like a vanity version of like, show me all the times I was mentioned about anything. Yes. and then and then and then play it Mm-mm. to me give it to me right yeah. that's what i like want to hear. that's totally a what
0: podcast, we all want google alert
2: yeah. yeah just everything like if my name was mentioned that's all i care about the ultimate narcissism like well only the parts that involve me
0: well my so my my thinking there is that my grandfather also had a box full of tapes you know he was he was one of these uh you know in in the best possible ways one of these greatest generation types he was a navigator you know in b17s bombing german ball bearing factories and as you would at the time with onions and whatnot and uh you know so he was it's constantly in the 60s right yeah in the 60s <laughs> that's right that's right hippies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was he was bombing paisley print factories uh so you know he he was always working on a memoir and i think he even had one in in a desk i wonder where that my mom probably has it in like her indiana jones lockers of our existence but he had lots of tape recordings of stuff and you know i've never really listened to them so probably no one will listen to these but that's not the the question that i had the question i had so cormac nine years old and basically he is at one of these phases in his life where he can can never be uh satiated he just could eat constantly just right. nonstop, stop and so so my question to you and, and of course, let me, let me ask the question and then, and then give some color commentary is what, what do I need to stock up on so that <laughs> I don't, as, as we did tonight, I had to go get some groceries. I realized before he we went to bed and we're in the, we're in the Albert Hine there. And I'm like, ah, oh, you should find yourself a snack. And of course, you know, I have to go through the, uh, the genuflection of like, it can't be a chocolate croissant. It can't be a piece of pie. Basically, like you can't get a dessert as your snack Mm -hmm. because I I know you're hungry and I don't want to say, you know, it's it's like 8.45 p.m. and no, you can't eat anything. So you got to eat. So I got (laughs) him. He pointed out and he wanted a one of those packs of like grocery store hamburgers uh which, which you know, so I, he yeah, uh, you know he doesn't care, so wow, <laughs> <that's foul. laughs> yeah, so, so I heated up for him, and you know, I was heating it up, and i was i was I was feeling a little bad, you know, I always have a lot um <clears throat> of commentary on the European food. Allow me to pay uh an all too rare compliment. I was heating up the burger, and at first, I was like, this is like a, you know for a grocery store burger, and I thought, you know what? It's really hard here in the Netherlands to buy food that is like bad. Like it's probably fine, right? Like it's good quality. It'll be good. But anyways, my question is like, so I need to start, we need to start stocking the pantry with just like stuff, like, you know, kind of like when you go to like a, a, a seal show at the zoo and they're just like constantly throwing fish at them. We need to discover (laughs) this fish that we can just kind of like be throwing this stuff at them to eat. So what, what, what are some suggestions? Well, You you
1: might be talking to the wrong guy. My my wife's out of town this weekend, and so I'm I'm home with the kids. And after school yesterday, we're walking home, and the kids are like, well, "We want a snack." And I'm like, "How about a grape Fanta?" <laughs> 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 but but
0: what? But now, hold I on, did, hold on. I like I like this strategy. How about instead of food, a liquid? Right. No, so no, that, they
1: were like, oh, it's it's hot, we're tired from walking, uh, you know, we we're walking home from school, I was like, you know, we're like, all right, I'll get a coffee, you guys can have, uh, you know, and they're like, we want, you know, I don't know, kombucha or something, I'm like, seriously? You know, it was like eight bucks for each one, and I was like, nah, how about something cheaper? And then they come back with the Grape Fantas, and I'm like, whatever, you know, at least they were small, in my defense, yeah. um, you know, and then, but, but. I followed up with a healthy stack of uh, apples and uh, peanut butter. My kids mm. eat that.
0: Oh, uh, I tried to introduce I, the concept of carrots and peanut butter to the kids, and they thought it was yeah. disgusting. Uh, well, apples work a little better.
1: Uh, we, so, yeah, usually a lot of uh, carrots, uh, celery, apple, mm-hmm. uh, red peppers, a.k.a. capsicum, as they call it here. Capsicum. Um, yeah. Uh, we, try, we try to have a lot of like pre-cut, vegetables and fruit well you know you don't cut your apples in advance mm-hmm. um but then the kids like start grabbing all the stuff that they're supposed to be having at school um
0: yeah i you know, do a little raid on the pantry like i'm not going to put a yeah. lock on that 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 would be weird
1: yeah but they they they'll find like the the least healthy thing that you have and they're like oh you know these like fruit squeezes you know, my, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my yeah yeah my oldest like he 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 chooses not to eat fruits and vegetables uh when he doesn't have to and so he'll eat these like fruit squeezes that are it's baby food man
0: (laughs) yeah you know you know let me i i'm a big believer in the if now now by believer i mean it's not really put into practice as i will explain but but the you know like like if if i am tired of of something being eaten in the house why does it keep appearing in the house like, exactly. Like it should not yeah. be be in the house because it, it will be eaten, but yes. somehow somehow it still shows up. But then but then I don't want to be the no fun person who's just like there's no not any fun food. It's just that I, I have my 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 recent discovery is a uh, parent is the one who says no. That's pretty much what uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. what the parent does. But Brandon, do you have well, any, well, any I, hot tips? Let me just so,
2: offer up. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, um, as most things, uh, the answer to most things on the show, uh, the answer is Costco. That is your answer. And uh, the way that we handle this <laughs> Matt, is- Matt Ray uh, and I
0: are fucked then.
2: <laughs> yeah. The Costco bakery section, fantastic. Oh. This is, mm. uh, we uh, usually get in the mornings, because we started this a while ago, my son ate you know, something that he could make on his own when he was much younger. I basically get these danishes. And uh, I I find that my son is, in the morning, it is if, like, it, maybe it's just biology, he just it's almost like overnight it seems like he's growing you know, seven inches and he gets up in the morning and he's extremely hungry. And so it's just important to have as much food as humanly possible uh-huh. uh, in our arm's reach. So I find that we use a lot of the Costco pastries, which honestly are very unhealthy, but it doesn't seem to matter for <laughs> eight year old children. They just like they just need raw calories. Yeah, this that's is, how I Exactly I rationalize it. And then of course uh you know when you're at the Costco if you just want to have like a lot of unhealthy but cheap stuff right we got the frozen pizzas throw those in there when you need okay. it okay. there's uh numerous uh there's numerous packaged goods at Costco that you can then, and what we do is we just set aside like whether they're healthy or not we make some decision this is going to be a snack and we put it in a special bin so it's like okay here are the snacks that you can have, right? When yeah. when you ask, it's like go pick one out. Um, so that way we—that's how we control it. Now some stuff really, sometimes really unhealthy stuff gets in there, and then we kind of back it out. We're like it gets all eaten, and then we end up with snacks that like, nobody wants in the bin. We're like, and, and they just sit there for a long time, and then the bad snacks, which are the good snacks, of course, show uh, up again. So uh, we're we're constantly in a battle. And then we, to Matt's earlier point, we do try to have, uh, especially for like the after school. My wife, uh, I know someone turned around this idea of like a veggie tray. Like if you just put out raw vegetables and you Uh, say that's all you can have, but it's just like ready to go. You just grab it out of the refrigerator and say, uh okay, before dinner, this is all you can have. A few minutes of maybe everyone will be a little disappointed, but then it's like everyone just starts eating it. So it's (laughs) carrots, broccoli, because they're just hungry, tomatoes. And my son likes – he will just eat like just raw tomatoes, like the little cherry tomatoes. He likes those. So so that's really our goal is like vegetables kind of like after school through dinner – And then, but then we relent at like kind of like you know whatever Mm. snack time before night. It's that's usually pretty unhealthy, and 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 also a breakfast. I don't think we've ever had. Very rarely do we have like a a uh, a healthy breakfast for my son. Mm. I think it's usually some form of sugared carbohydrate almost all the time. (laughs) Well, here
0: here's 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 my summary then. All right, so so grape Fanta, good (laughs) standing. It's quick. It's fine. It'll do the job, but but small grape Fanta. We got that going. And then, uh, and then the other innovation I've heard here is a snack box. It's, it's kind of yes. like this, uh, what would you call it? It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like this free zone. Anything in the snack box, just go for it. Now it sounds like if I were to come to your house, Brandon, there, I would find an unlimited supply of sunflower seeds in the snack box. That, that would just that, be what funny would enough,
2: there, 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 That has been a, uh, I think we did throw some of those out eventually, uh-huh. but that, that, that was been a snack that's rotated out. Yes.
1: Yeah. See, yeah. see, so, so we had the snack box and my wife, you know, she just stopped buying, you know, quote unquote unhealthy stuff. And mm. so, you know, the snack box was full of, you know, nuts and seeds and vegetables and fruit or whatever, but. My my 12-year-old, she just took it upon herself to, like, start baking. And so now she's like, I made oh. a chocolate cake after school.
0: <laughs> oh, that oh, is – my, my, my son oh, has that. got – my son has – he's figured out a good hack there, which is I can have dessert if I first serve everyone else dessert. Like I'm doing them a favor
1: oh, that's, by like that's...
0: giving them dessert and you know, and, and then I'll of course eat some because we're having dessert as a family. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's here, fun. here, the, as far as the, to close this out, as far as the breakfast thing, every now and then, every few months, uh, I get the kids, this was easier back in Texas, uh, but I get them in a breakfast taco phase. And so at the moment, oh, good stuff. at the moment, oh, 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 and very, I'm very proud my daughter has graduated from the roll up burrito style of a taco and the a couple days ago she said i want it uh i want it open and she started eating tacos in a normal style it's it's very exciting but uh but cormac he had three breakfast tacos this morning and i'm pretty sure he could have eaten two more so i think that that's a that's a good way to go they have these here in the netherlands you can't really buy as they would call it in your neck of the woods matt ray streaky bacon Like I heard you Mm. can go find it somewhere, but they sell these, (laughs) these little, little bits of bacon. And I find that you can just cook those up really quick and then mix in some eggs and put it on a taco. And, uh, we had some people uh, staying with us for a while and they left some, uh, Velveeta cheese like stuff. You put that on a breakfast taco, fantastic for a growing boy, but, uh, all right. All right. Well, this is, this is going to be an ongoing problem is, uh, is throwing fish at the seals in the house as as they grow bigger (laughs) before before they, they, they eat us alive. but they learn
1: tricks like baking chocolate cakes.
0: Yeah, that, that is good. That is good. A fantastic trick. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So so I, I quickly look through some charts about some uh, some leaked Microsoft payment uh, areas. Now, now uh, I think, Brandon, maybe you had the strongest grasp of what's going on there. Explain to us what this leak is. Does this mean that they're going to need to sign up with like Equifax credit checks or something? Or what what's what's in this data set?
2: Well, I don't know about that, but I guess this data set is uh, a leak of Microsoft's data by what I think most people call like salary band. And it looks like at Microsoft, based on what I see here, the salaries that I guess people listening to this podcast will most likely fall in start at number 59 and go to 66. Uh, And they've got the various uh, information around what you make. But I was commenting. So, like you know, like a Gardner Magic Quadrant, of course, right? There's like one dot that is way up to the right. So this is somebody that has a 66, and they are making, um, you know, almost looks like almost the uh, the maximum amount of money in this data set. But unlike a Magic Quadrant, I was commenting that there looks to be who I'm going to call the 63. He has clearly <laughs> figured out the system. Uh-huh, there is one yes. data point where. Based on this, the person in 63 is making the most money in this data set. Uh, I see, and I he see. is three levels down from, from the uh, what I would call, yeah, from the, from the I guess, the most responsibility. And so I was saying, like, instead of this being a uh, magic quadrant where you want to be, you know, up and to the right, you, you kind of want to be in the vortex. You want to be up and to the left here. You want to have the maximum amount of pay, but have the lowest possible job title. Yeah. Therefore, minimizing your responsibility. So whoever you are, number 63, I raise Could my have. glass. I tip my hat to you. Well it, done. Well played, sir or, uh, or uh, ma'am? ma'am. Thank you.
0: This, this, this is probably the person who solved the Windows update problem. That being that it's just like really annoying and they just they just oh, programmed so, so. it away. What, now, what is
1: it a one-time bonus? I mean, you know.
0: Or, you know, like. it, it's just like like it, it's a consistent <laughs> delivery and they're like, this person has has solved one of our biggest problems they're going places and then it's kind of like yes. they got they got some tenure
1: mm. but but they're they're fairly junior so you don't want to you don't want to get uh get oh. promoted out of, out of being able to make make the change that needs
0: to happen i see this is this is a chart so we're i'm looking at a chart here and it's got a bunch of uh purple dots and on the uh what would you call that a uh an x-axis it has it goes 59 to 66 now listen as 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 if 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 people pay attention closely to like my tricks, immediately you know that what I'm going to be thinking is what happened to one to fifty eight. Who are those people? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Uh,
1: well, but, yeah, there's probably some numerical inflation here, right? <laughs> so so you got you nobody got, wants to be a three.
0: You got your x axis of employee level, and then your y axis is called total compensation, and it's a minimum of zero. Thankfully, there are no purple dots at zero, so that's good and then it goes up to four hundred thousand. this is in us dollars i presume so but that's total comp so i wonder maybe they just got a really good grant or something and that's annual so it does include stock bonuses so actually these are pretty mid-level people right uh instead of uh, getting huge
2: yeah they do break it out they give you a sense like you're obviously in uh lower levels most of your compensation is base salary yeah, with yeah, yeah. cash. And then as you go up and and this is being the 66, they get more stock yes. and more, uh, and of course the base, salary. but again, I think cash the goal, bonus, uh, as we always say, it's, uh, you know, maybe the, the, maybe the most important takeaway from all this other thing is, uh, pay is rarely tied directly to your performance or your experience. It yes. is often just tied to your ability to negotiate, uh, and find. So like this person at level 63 to your earlier point, I would almost dip almost guarantee that like he was able to negotiate some type of big signing bonus or just bigger grant right yeah, and for some reason now- they decided to do that
1: now th- or this it came this... in through acquisition. Oh, right? that's a lot good. of times with a golden handcuff, They're gonna it could be do a retention
2: know. thing, like a retention bonus, or just carrying yeah. over salary
0: like that. Well, or maybe, or that maybe person person someone can find Magic sixty three for us. okay <laughs> uh, we can we can we can, we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can throw the kidnapper uh, voice filter on them and, and do an interview with them to find out what their situation is, what what their uh, how what their comp looks like. But this this raises, I think, a uh, uh, is there such such a thing as a uh, helpful pedant i i are, are all pedants unhelpful i i don't know what I that think is they're helpful there's a helpful, helpful pedantic moment so salary bans what what's what's going on here what do i do about salary bands? like you know i i uh i remember uh when i was first for some company i was i it's, it's always annoying this stuff because you never really are sure what it is you're supposed to talk about or not and you know I In 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 one-on-one conversations, like I even like whenever I'm talking with people about this stuff, before they even ask, I just instantly like tell them all the numbers for myself and people that I know because <laughs> like I know that's what they want to know, right? Like I talk to a lot of people who uh want to be an analyst and they're asking me like, what's that like and how do I do this? And the first conversation I have with them is like, here's how much you should get paid. Here's what that's going to look like. Here's like numbers around everything because I mean really – That's what they want to know is like, how much money did you make? And therefore, how much money should I make instead of all this opaque bullshit? But anyways, so whenever I have talked, let me see if this is true. Not whenever, but many, (laughs) many times when I have talked, you know, to the HR people who are doing the hiring, they'll be all like, oh, this salary band for your geography and whatever. And like, you know, I'm a polite person, but on my mind, I'm always like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. What I want you to do is give me the <laughs> maximum amount of money that you can. So, it doesn't matter where I like, like I was thinking, you know, living living in Texas, right? They always give you some shit about like if you're in Austin, then that's according to your geographic thing, whatever you should be paid this amount of money instead of that amount of money. And and in my mind for the past couple of years, my I haven't had to use this for a while, but my rebuttal that I'll probably never use, but in my fantasy life is going to be like does that mean that if like someone moves from San Francisco to Austin, you're gonna reduce their pay? Like it's just like right. that no. I don't I don't care. <laughs> but so what what do what do uh, what do we people do with these salary ban things? What's up with that? What's y'all's advice?
1: I, I think you just use it to make sure like you know, you are not being left behind. Mm. <laughs> um or you know, uh if you're feeling altruistic, you make sure that, uh, I mean, cause this actually, the article, it wasn't a leak. It was, uh, and Microsoft employees, you know, self-reported their income to each other so they could, you know, make sure that nobody was being underpaid. Uh, cause, cause, you know, there is a lot of, uh, you're only going to get paid what you ask for. Mm. And so, um, historically, uh you know, uh, women and minorities, uh, have made less and they need to know that they should be asking for more and demand it. And so yeah. that's what this is for.
0: Yeah. And- I, so what you're telling me, I thought this medium.com was going to bring purity back to writing about things. And so this headline that it was a leak is not accurate. There was not a, someone didn't get hacked. That's, that's unfortunate. Uh, no,
1: it says the, F- I'm never reading the medium first- again. <laughs> I think. The first paragraph, I mean, talk about burying the lead. Nearly 400 Microsoft employees are sharing their salaries with each other to better oh. determine whether they're – Oh, man. You put it all it's the way in the first sentence. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. So not leaked. Um, they buried the lead in the first sentence. Uh yeah. So, and of course, you program.
2: can go to stuff like Glassdoor and this site that yeah. this uh, levels.fyi is another site that uh, they quote in there and you can, you know, again, people, you know, anonymously report the data. So, of course, there's a little bit of self-selection bias, I don't know which way if like if you make a lot of money, are you more likely to report, or vice versa? But at least gives you a sense of yeah, yeah. Uh, the ranges. And I, I, just think, you know, back to like the, re, the more, I think the more important part of it is like salary bands aren't going anywhere. Like I mean, as far as I can tell, companies use them as a way to, you know, model their financial needs. Yeah, for paying I mean, their, it's it's their, like
0: it's stars, like but, it's like complaining about the electoral system. It's just like your time is better. But I think spent in this case, yeah.
2: I do think though, like when you, if you're entering, pursuing a new position, especially if you're talking to a recruiter at the beginning, or even, you know, or even the hiring manager, I think it's a totally um, legitimate and good question to ask to say, hey, what, like, how does it work here? What are the salary bands, and what band is this, right? Because that immediately will give you an indication, and and they, and hopefully, I mean, it's usually not a secret. They can start to explain it because. I've worked at a variety of places and it's different, a little bit different everywhere. And they can start to say, like, and they're usually what they want to show you. Almost all of these bands have this, there's this level you get to, and then the next jump is very difficult, right? They'll say, like, you know, like, I don't know, some places it's like a director or a VP. Like, you get to a certain band, and they say, well, you know, it's not like people move up very much from this band, or it really takes a big effort, or something else is going to have to happen. And you'll find, I'm sure everybody's experienced this early in your career. You often go through bands, I think a little bit faster, right? you kind of move up, you get promoted, and then as you get you know as it kind of gets squeezed at the top a little bit, I think the you have bands to bounce can around kind
1: of, to other companies. yeah, you yeah. just have
2: to you have to understand that like there there's going to be like some I don't know Gaussian distribution that the HR team is trying to keep people under and they're like, yeah, we are not going to have like uh, you know we're not going to be top heavy and then, and that's just something that I think co- HR compensation analysts like if you hire one, that's like going to be the first thing they do is they plot everything out and they're like, oh, this is this is way too top heavy. We got to get you know, we got to get rid of. <laughs> they're it. like, That's,
1: who is this sixty three? Yeah, yeah,
2: sixty three. Yeah. Like, yeah, when this, a report came out. Someone would be like, and then that will mess up uh, because they always they always want everyone to be at like the fifty percentile of every band, right? They're trying to keep it. So there'll be some like we either got to promote this guy or you know we got to like we got to hire some other people, but we got to keep them at the lower end of the salary band. <laughs> Otherwise, the HR uh, graph will come and get us and we'll be in well, big trouble. I,
1: I think clearly, clearly, like this uh, this private Facebook group, young Microsoft FTE, um, they're they're way off out, out in the uh, the wilderness of Microsoft uh, thinking because they shared this on a Google spreadsheet. <laughs> I like that. So 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 either either they're 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 reading into the notes about you know hey if you leave and come back. That's how you get the big the big salary jump so they're like, well we better write this in a google doc because you know Microsoft finds this they're they're gonna shut it down <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is that is a good that is i mean I mean it is uh you know maybe as as the thing I find frustrating as as the last bit here uh, about this topic is it uh it's it's sort of like information asymmetry right where where like one party in an economic exchange like knows all of the information and uh the other party like doesn't really know jack shit. And yeah. uh, so it's pretty easy to uh, exploit that situation, and then and then it's 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 especially galling because it's sort of like, you know, for whatever reason, it's like the best way to get uh, more compensation is to get a new job, which is sort of like seems stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean it seems especially stupid for the 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 company that you're the leaving because yeah. it's like it's especially for a job like the ones people are contributing here or contributing that being discussed here. Like it's really expensive to, uh, train someone up. It would be like, you know, uh, we spent a year training this person and then they decided not to actually start doing the work. And, uh, right. but <laughs> I don't know if all you care about is like shaving up the, shaving the dots off of the fancy curve, then that's, that's what you're going to get. Uh, but then on the other hand, right? Like I remember, um, what was it like three or four years ago, there was, uh, what, what's that type of organization it's not a halitosis it's a haliocracy or whatever like where every everyone knows everything and it's a level holacracy
1: yeah, yeah. there you go yeah,
0: and, yeah. and it's just like well that also doesn't fucking work so like i don't know this is this is why i you know i know i keep coming back to this every now and then eventually i'm just gonna find like a gigantic ranch where no one else is around me and I'm <laughs> just gonna like i'm not gonna have to deal with all this shit
2: well
1: Cote. Well, that, that's what that number sixty three is saving up for. Oh, that's man. right, number sixty three. <laughs> number need to, 63. You need to find sixty
2: three. He's on a
0: ranch in the middle of Australia. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, you they're, don't want to be in there. the middle.
2: You want to be on well, the side. Yeah, on the nice areas <laughs> and one are of the nice areas. Maybe, maybe Not that's
0: maybe that's why they need so much money. Is because they're in the middle of Australia and they're like, listen, my living expenses are really high. Well, <laughs> you don't know how. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, all right. Yeah, man, salary bands. So annoying talking with HR people. Like, what do you what do you <laughs> I said this is what do you do? do you, what do you do? Who who blinks first? Do you give them a range? What what do you do? They're, yeah. Like, how do how, well, do, l- how do y'all play l- l- it? Last time? Yeah.
1: Yeah, last time I talked to a recruiter, I told them my salary range and that call ended really fast. Mm, because <laughs> because it, I was like I, I you know, you're not moving me unless you move me, right? So, yeah, it's uh it's pretty rough. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I would. I, I well, just, I would
2: just say if yeah. you're if you go first, you should pick a number that elicits a response like, and they go like this: They go, ooh," <laughs> and, then, and then you say, and then you say, That's "Oh, it sounds wrong? like maybe." Then the follow-up is just like, "Oh, it sounds like maybe this not isn't a good, good position. I'm not aligned. Do you not? It doesn't sound like it's a good fit." They'll say, "No, no, no, no. Wait a minute. We we could do it. Um, it's a little bit higher yeah, than we yeah. expected, yeah. but why maybe. don't I just go ahead and set up a call with the hiring manager? And if it goes well, we can take it from there." I think when you get that response, you're like, I've got that job. Now, if you get the response of like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then even if you try to start qualifying, they're like, yeah, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Like, you know, you, like, you're like, "Whoa, we left a little money on the table on that one. So you got to yeah, try yeah. it out, though. It's now, like now, any material. Now, now, you can need you, to work it out.
0: Can you be overly honest and be like, no, I'm not going to tell you that. I mean, I I know what's going on here. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. so so what do you, what'd you have for lunch? How's it going? Let's still be friendly. <laughs> Like, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make a clean version of one of my other favorite David tell jokes, which is like, you know, when you, uh, when you expose something astonishing to someone, you don't want the reaction. That's like, Oh, that's adorable. Instead, you want a reaction. That's like, Oh my God. That's uh so yeah, you definitely want a, uh, a bad reaction to that. All right. All right. Well, you know, speaking of, uh, making sure you're, you've got a good level of what's normal. What you're tracking, you know, you got it. You got it. You don't want to have, you don't want to have a bunch of infrastructure and computers out there that have information asymmetry with you. And they, no. they are controlling what's going on. You want to get that data. You want to plot things out. You want to find that number 63 and be like, do I like this 63 or am I going to shut that 63 the fuck down? <laughs> like what, uh, is there anything that might help you with all the computers out there as far as that strange yes, metaphor yes. I created? <laughs> yeah, so
1: if you're looking for 63 in your logs, uh, this episode is sponsored by SolarWinds and one of their APM tools, Logly. When there is a service disruption, seconds matter. Don't waste time looking for logs or combing through endless screens of events. Let SolarWinds Logly aggregate, manage, and analyze all your log data so you quickly spot issues, jump to the relevant event messages, and identify the root cause. And the Loggly in-context integration with SolarWinds App Optics adds rich performance instrumentation and distributed tracing to further accelerate identification of root cause and significantly reduce MTTR. Spend less time troubleshooting and more time innovating with context in your logs. Loggly is scalable cloud-based log management that won't break the bank. Plus, Software Defined Talk listeners get a special 20% off your first year of Loggly from now until September 30th act fast offer for new customers only to try it for free for 14 days just go to logly.com slash sdt all lowercase if it logs it can log to logly
0: now i'm going to be at devops days london next week i I hear that it is i think i've already complained about this multiple times i hope (laughs) but i hear that it is a optionally it's strongly suggested to be swag free Mm. uh however however uh hopefully i can find some good stickers there i'm thinking let me let me let me before we get to the geographic oddity because we have two ads let me get some advice from you too should i bring some of my own swag, like some of the books that i have or or is that going to be frowned upon by by the english people
1: Uh, well you're not going to be like giving out you know, hundreds of
0: books probably, unless, yeah, uh, no. yeah. So I, I mean, mean, are I books say- really swag. I mean, they're really just they, really <laughs> what they, really. You, you know, those, those little robots you could wind up and they would, their arms would go in and out. I'm doing it right now and you can't see it like, and, and, we'll and turn would on your this, camera. this, this rotate. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. M- maybe it, it, it must be that. Well, you know, we had, we're lucky enough to have uh two ads this, this week. So as always, uh, I have a geographic oddity I would like to cover. Uh, between the yes. two ads. Now, my geographic oddity this weekend, now on my one of my other podcasts, Pivotal Conversations, which I, I haven't done some original programming, so to speak, on there re- recently. We've been some guest episodes. Oftentimes, my co-host, Richard Sirota, lives in Seattle. And I like to uh, do the old person thing and talk about the weather, see what's going on up there, wearing <laughs> a jacket. We got any windbreaker recommendations, uh, things like that. So I got a weather thing. This time of year in Amsterdam, and I say this as if I know what I'm talking about. I've only lived a year here, but it's that time of year that doesn't occur in Texas. We don't have this in Texas, which is the sun will be out. Great feels warm to be in the sun. And then you'll walk into the shade and it's almost bone chilling cold. So you have this (laughs) geographic oddity of like, if you're, it's not seeing in Texas the way it is, is you're in the sun and you're going to die in 30 seconds if you don't go into the shade. Right. So you go to the shade because it's not that it's cold. It's that you will keep living to stand in the shade. Whereas here, it's like, ah, if I'm in the sun, I got to take off this jacket because it's warm. And then I go walk into the, the shade and now I'm going to freeze my ass off because it's so cold. And, uh, I, I mean, I mean, you must have grown up with this, Brandon, up there in New England, right? Was this a phenomena that you would have this time of year? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I mean, it sounds like just the regular weather to me. I can't, I can't say, (laughs) I can't say that. I I would say maybe this is maybe you spent just a little too much time in Texas where it is just, it just goes from deathly hot to, pretty comfortable that's it there's really only
1: two <laughs> degrees here so
2: the rest of the world does basically have like oh it's hot oh it's it's nice and then oh it's a little cold and then you'll have those days where it's like it's all three at once but it just never happens yeah. in texas well it's that only, would, that was only two
0: options that would be a, a true texan sentiment is the way it is in the rest of the world is truly the geographic oddity <laughs> Of course. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh well you know, know. you know you know, if, if if you were really cold and uh you were wearing you were wearing some sort of like uh, some sort of pants wear that was not, not covering you up sufficiently and you were like, Listen, I'm gonna go stand in the shade because I need to go look up something on the internet and I'm tired of all these people like knowing exactly where I am in the shade, in the heat, you know, if I'm in Amsterdam or Texas. Is, is there some sort of thing you might use, uh, Brandon, that could protect yourself?
2: Absolutely. got a brand new sponsor. H- happy to welcome them to the show. So this episode is sponsored by the Hide My Ass VPN. When you are out of the house and online, you never know who's watching. And that's why you need to start using Hide My Ass or HMA. The HMA VPN is the VPN you can count on. They just launched a new version of their product, which is the biggest update yet and makes it one of the best VPNs currently available. HMA is the largest VPN service offering over 280 locations, so there's always a server nearby. HMA never logs your IP address, so there's no way for anyone to see what you are doing. HMA uses 256-bit AES encryption to ensure your connection is safe and sound. You can connect up to five devices, and HMA supports all the major platforms, including iOS, Android, Windows, Macs, and Linux. They just launched a new version, which (coughs) includes a new user interface, Lightning Connect, so you always connect to the fastest service automatically a smarter kill switch for extra protection and split tunneling that lets you choose what traffic gets sent to the VPN tunnel. Try HMA and VPN risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee and please visit www.hidemyass.com/offer-sdt. Again, that's www.hidemyass.com/offer-sdt. And of course, we thank both our sponsors, HMA and SolarWinds, for supporting us. We really appreciate it.
0: So I love I lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love a great VPN. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> I, I, I always have plenty of them hanging out. Uh, so we I think we got three topics we could go over. One. Uh, I, I, I read the Ars Technica review of what's new in iOS. I turned on dark mode. I think, I think the topic there is dark mode. Is that a thing? It's, like I, 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 and now also, also like, I, I, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, funding and IPOs going on. One of our favorite topics. And, and my, good. my question, I haven't had time to like do the analysis of things, but like, uh, what's going on there? Why, why are there so many IPOs? <laughs> Like <laughs> that's just the the broad the broad topic there, and then and then the other one. Uh, I think I put this in there. I came across this. Well, no, I'd, someone suggested this over in the softwaredefined.com Slack, uh, which you could go see. And that is so. There's a post from some developer who went to a DevOps conference, which I think confirmed uh my thoughts for many years, which is that there is no Dev in DevOps. Uh, was essentially yeah. what he was saying so uh i don't know let's let's start i i threw this out there as if there was going to be a choice to be made but i'm just gonna (laughs) we're just gonna plow through it so so uh have have either well oh oh of course i know matt ray has not tried dark mode on his iphone because he uh he does not have one but but like let let me generalize this i in general turn dark mode on for everything And I did it now that I can do it on my phone. And I was looking at it and I had that sensation when you can first turn dark mode on. And I was like, this is a little weird. And then there was this fleeting thought of like, why am I always doing this? But I I do it nonetheless. So what, why, why am I chasing
1: the new features? Why am
0: I always turning dark mode on? What is the attraction? Do either of you use it a lot? I did, you know. Well, one, did you already upgrade to
2: iOS thirteen point one, Cote, or are I, I don't you know.
0: I, I just did it today. I, whatever. Okay, it is. Okay, yeah, I, you
2: did. So I, I was gonna say, I uh, personally, because it, it looks like Apple um pushed up their 13.2 release to the 24th so it's just four days away mm. and so it's interesting because a lot of people are saying that uh i don't know if it's the china san- uh sanctions that they were worried about or that they kind of rushed out this this operating system release so, so for the first time in a long time i was like i'm just gonna wait four more days i'm good i'm good waiting <laughs> and, I, and it also made me feel good because having been a part of many software releases i was like, wow. This is some of the crazy shit I would do where you just like throw yeah, two yeah. three releases out in a week cuz you're like, well, this one's done and there's some dependencies and we got to get it out, but we really have some problems we got to fix next week, so in the end Apple's no different. So I welcome to the club Apple. Welcome. Mm. I welcome you to the place where we do frequent releases uh, as we need. But uh, concerning dark mode, I have so I haven't used it on the iPhone. Um yeah, but I've been using dark mode on my Mac and it's like I just think it just takes about 3 or 4 days um, uh, to get used to and I don't know I think it's just one of those things like white uh, because I think it comes from like writing on paper obviously right that's where mm-hmm. like that's why we're stuck with like word processes the way they are but it is it's it is nice to just like have less glare and I guess that even comes from I think it yeah. all kind of stems from syntax highlighting if at any point in your life and you know I'm sure Matt Ray can go through many Emacs uh, customizations uh, <laughs> around this but there is that moment of like Uh, especially when you're doing syntax highlighting with lots of different colors, it feels like black is always the better choice when you have like four or five colors going in any type of syntax highlighting. So maybe it's just a callback to like people that have, you know, I wouldn't, you know, long since like certainly writing code professionally been a while, but when I do do it, I do like the black background. Same thing with uh, the terminals. I always thought terminals black with white, you know, and again, syntax highlighting there was much easier on the eye. So it's just nice that like, hey, that's what you like you can just make one system setting and Uh generally it works pretty well um but then there will be occasionally you'll run into it and be like no this app dark mode it went wrong like i don't like dark mode it went here
0: you know you bring up the terminal thing and this reminds me i we i don't think we've talked about x windows in a long time or or Uh, or, or is it the x windowing system there's some way you're supposed mm -hmm. to say it i forget but uh I feel like the default until like, uh, uh, you know, Ubuntu came around, the default when you started up X windows is that you would have a terminal that was a white background with black text in the foreground. And as with so many things with a default in X windows, I would think like, did anyone actually use this? Like who, who <laughs> is this for? Right. Like this looks ugly and it's terrible. And so clearly, yes. clearly a terminal, a command prompt. Is at a bare minimum is a black background with green text. Now that's just the start. You can go wherever you want from there, but like never, never would you have a white background with black text. Oh. This is that must have just been some wacky AT and T thing that someone just <laughs> well, came up th- th-
1: with. Th- th- it was probably, you know, they did the bare minimum of, you know, hey, I got it up. And, of course, whoever uses this from here on out is going He's to customize the heck it. out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, meanwhile, you go into all these, you know, uh, Unix labs and everyone's looking at those, you know, black text on white background and, oh, it kills me. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if, if green text is still a thing. It's probably been about, you know, 30 years since that was the standard. But,
0: uh <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and, you know, this also reminds me, relevant to uh, things we usually talk about, is like, I mean, we've all been and we still are exposed to the notion of uh, if you're going to have a dashboard in your mom or whatever, right? Like, it's it's super cool to have a black background with a bunch of neon foreground colors, right? And uh, I don't know. I feel like that's, like, maybe one of the things that if you're working in system administration or observability or whatever we're supposed to call it nowadays— that like, you know, maybe when you turn 30, you're supposed to you instantly like start making fun of black backgrounds on things like it's not supposed <laughs> to be cool anymore. <laughs> but like that seems to be like a trend that you have to have dark mode in uh, your, your baseline operation stuff. And, and then you, you graduate to, you know, I don't know, histograms or something instead. But it seems like in the managing your servers, a black background, very popular. Oh, I know what you do. You make it you have a gray background. Like you kind True.
2: of like That's right split the difference, but I do know on the mobile devices though there does seem to be some. You know, I guess we can debate how much that battery life though. Just it's a mm. little bit less battery life, um, or saves some battery by you know using the darker colors, or I guess the absence of colors in some cases. So that that seems to make sense, and and of course on a mobile device it is the nice um you know because you're in different lighting environments as you're walking around like the ability to kind of like go back and forth depending on you know like which background makes the most sense for whatever the lighting you have so i think there is some practicality to it but like anything it's probably more just a sign just that like it. we're re- we're just reaching the end of you know major like on just mobile operating systems in general like they're all really good android ios they're both really really good and kind of getting to the point where it's like I don't know if there's like major fi- features just missing, right? You know, yeah, it's just yeah. like, because we go back in time. Remember at one point, Apple like touted like cut and paste was like a huge feature that like, got <laughs> added. And now we're all the like, way through like, like, I mean, iPhone does like, and all mobile devices, they do all these incredible things. So almost to the point is like, yeah, sure. Dark, back, dark mode. Like, why not? I mean, it's like, but it doesn't, you know, you weren't like, it wasn't like, wow not sure if i'm going to get a mobile device until it has dark mode right but there was that point where it's like i'm not getting a device until it like supports wi-fi or has a camera and all these major innovations that have long since passed
0: yeah you know yeah. So, so my my last my last comment on this topic is so i also i of course have the apple watch i know everyone loves apple commentary uh and and the feature I would like on the Apple Watch is that when there's a software install available, you can just say install it right now. Instead of having to do this like magic mumbo jumbo of like have it plugged in and install it tonight. It's very weird that you can't just instantly install it. So uh other topic, one of the, the three I mentioned. So like is there uh is it just coincidence that there's all these IPOs happening or is it or is there some sort of is does this have to do with like the Federal Reserve? <laughs> 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 i think this is brandon's topic because uh i
1: mean it does seem like there's uh there have been some big VC rounds recently uh Lab pulling 268 million um among others but uh yeah i
0: don't I, know is I, it I, any more than usual i mean I always, well, I always i always wonder if there's like some clumping that happens like, like. The, well, I do uh,
2: think there is. I mean, there's a couple things I do think affects. One, the stock market has generally just been on a good, you know, a good run here for the last several years. So I think there's there's always the notion of like, hey, it's a good time to get out because people are, you know, <laughs> buying stocks and and just are in general in favor of stocks, and we all feel better as our 401ks and various investments go up. So there's that that notion of it. And then there is, I think. Uh, in the tech side of it, right? You know, just some of the IPOs, like in the world we're in, like Ping Identity, Datadog, we've talked about those guys. You know, they've gone out recently. But I think the part that's more interesting um, is kind of separate from like enterprise tech, right? Or you know, kind of the WeWork and Uber. And I think if you're holding those stocks, right? And there's like, there's actually a pretty good article here. Uh, written about SoftBank, right? SoftBank is like this mega hundred billion dollar right. VC firm out of Japan, and they made huge investments in WeWork and Uber, and you know, kind of like some of these technology companies we've been talking about. Um, you know, part of the gig economy kind of thing. Uh, and their uh, you know, if you've been following WeWork, you know, I, I, I think of the WeWork IPO. I'd not classify the WeWork IPO as the chaos monkey of IPOs, right? It was like, <laughs> hey, we need to test to see. What kind of crazy stuff people will get out? So like, you have your traditional IPOs that like are actually making money. They're doing well, but they're like, what if we send something out that's just totally batshit crazy? Will anyone notice? And to much surprise, I will say, people have noticed. And you have to give uh, Professor Scott Galloway, I think, a lot of credit. Not always. You know, sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. But like, he has been on this from the beginning, and he has called them out. And so last you know, check was they, they were going to be a $46 billion company. Massive shenanigans, lack of, you know, uh, corporate governance, just, I mean, there's just so many readings of articles and you can go read any of them to go through it. So now they're all the way to down to, I think people say it's like a ten, ten billion to $5 billion company, but uh, that really leaves SoftBank holding the bag of like, you know, a massive write down, right? This would be like something like 20, dollars, 20, 30 billion dollars write down from their investment. And then of course they hold Uber as well. So kind of back a long, long way back to your answer here, Cote, is that I think companies that have solid financials with solid businesses are taking this window to get out, get public, prove to the market they're going to do well. And these other, like, unicorns, as we talk about, I think are going to face significant resistance. Like, if you're mm. – like, Airbnb is the next big one, and people think that it's going to do really well next year. But clearly, this soft um, – sorry, this WeWork IPO, and I'm not saying Airbnb and WeWork are equivalent, but it would give you some pause, right? I mean, the amount of uh, scrutiny I think Airbnb gets in the regulatory environment under, like, Uber have gone out, Lyft has gone out. It's going to be pretty high. So oh, yeah. That, that, uh, that would be annoying so for Airbnb
0: because they're both, like, real estate companies. Like – I. Mean, I mean yeah. in, in, in a you know in, huh huh yeah man that WeWork thing is fascinating that's good stuff what, yeah. was, what was that picture someone posted where there's the uh, that guy from that 70s show hanging out with them
2: <laughs> Ashton the Cooch yeah. yeah yeah. there's a lot well, of weird stuff and hmm.
1: the story about uh, the, you know having layoffs and then um, right after they announce it uh, the one of the guys from Run DMC comes out and mm-hmm. does the performance of Tricky and they give tequila shots to everyone it's like What the? (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's just yeah. It was incredible. That article, it's that article. It was. I mean, that article was written in such a way, like that feel. It felt like an onion article. Like you're like, this isn't true, and then you're like, no, this is a reputable publication that's actually done some reporting, and it's just, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, which ties it back to uh, you know the the topic we we started with when you're when you're looking at those salary bands and you're one of these you know crazy unicorn startups, make sure you're you're getting salary, not stock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to talk yeah. about a basket full of snacks, but that's that's uh, uh, that well, would... yeah,
1: I'm sure they have lovely snacks that we work too. So, Probably so that, healthy. So yeah. then, Pucha.
0: so then, as m- mentioning uh, our 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 favorite uh, you know CrossFit enthusiast, Professor Scott Galloway. Let 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 me let you know, just let's just imagine a heuristic you would use in your mind. How do you how would you set yourself up as a pundit to call bullshit on companies like this and like kind of like not lose it? Right. So famously, famously, like Warren Buffett was like, I don't know, I don't I don't understand the Internet. This looks like bullshit. And then he like missed out on the Internet and then put a bunch of money in IBM like 20 years later and all this kind of stuff. Right. And And so like so like you don't want to do that. You don't want to be like, ah, I don't understand this, but you do, you know, it would be fun to be like, yeah, this, this, this company is obviously a bunch of bullshit, no matter what all these stories say, like that would be cool. But like, you know, it's, it's dodgy. Like how, how, what would y'all do to make sure if you were going to be this kind of like calling bullshit pundit that you didn't like get it wrong? How would you Mm -hmm. figure that out? Well, the way he
2: does it, and he's talked about it, so it's not it's certainly not revealing any secrets. Like his previous company, I remember what it's called it's like G two C, something like that. Anyway, like they did a lot of intelligence. Um, oh, like so the Gartner one. He, it
0: was L two.
2: Yeah, that got bought. So what he does, and he always talks about, like, where's where's you know, where do his predictions come from, right? It's like what they try to do is aggregate a lot of different data from different sources, looking at consumer data, you know, um, I guess consumer trends as well as corporate trends and things like that. So once you kind of like start to get a broad sense of this data, then they kind of start to look at it and try to analyze it for some trends, some stuff that maybe people aren't really looking at. So in the case of WeWork, I think the place that like he clearly was very um, keen on looking at was, hey, I can just look at, what does real estate cost? How much does a it cost to buy a building? How much does it cost to just rent floor space, right? Because there's a lot of data available. Like, what does it mm. cost? You know, corporate real estate is a very well understood, well-priced out thing. So we could easily go down the street here and say, like, how much would 3,000 square feet of office space cost, right? So I think what he figured out was like, wow, look at the spreads, the spread between what it costs to lease or buy this property versus what we work is then what they're doing is they're just leasing it back in a different way. And that spread goes from maybe, you know, a multiple that's like like a couple percentage points higher than one X. When it goes to like 10 X, 20 X or 30 X, right? He's able to say there's just no underlying financial market here, right? It just doesn't make any sense. Because yeah, I, yeah. I think as he said at one point, and this is part of his, you know, set piece diatribe, he'll say something like, you know, if you took it at face value, for what we worth is leasing a floor in a building for is is more than the entire building itself is worth. Right. So when it gets to that level, you're just like, clearly this isn't, um, and then now, and then you kind of look back on it. Well, that makes perfect sense. That's it's, it, 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 it can't possibly be that. So then he can make a really good prediction. So in that case, I think because there's so much real estate data available, that's like grounded in real metrics, you know, you were, he, for, in his case, he was able to take that and make a really strong prediction that obviously is coming true.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You just sort of like check out the uh, the money fundamentals, see if it makes. But sense. I do think the ones with the place where it doesn't work.
2: Right. And uh, I think uh, the two that come to mind off the top of the head would be Facebook and WhatsApp. I'm sorry, uh, Instagram and WhatsApp widely. Oh, yes. uh, I mean, Instagram was acquisition was uh, widely panned. Right. People made endless fun of like a billion dollar photo company. And now, yep. you know, estimates are that's worth probably 50 to 100 billion dollars and i think the place that there isn't is like you you just don't know like it's very hard to know if the app that you just purchased is going to get to a billion billion users and have this incredible uh, advertising model right so like how do you like what data do you look at that because they're probably the things you're looking at would be like Flickr, and you'd be like why would someone buy this they can do it on Flickr. it's like no because Flickr never got to this you know mammoth uh uh, install base and it came up to it. So that, that's a place where, mm. you know, and, and I think YouTube falls in the same category, right? what Google was widely panned for that. But I think, you know, YouTube's gone on to be really successful depending on, I guess, how you think of that. But, um, that's a place where I think those guys, you know, traditional financial metrics aren't necessarily going to help you. And you're probably wrong as much as you're right. It's right. More random, and and, and so, so right. like,
0: like I follow the L2 blog cause they're, they're very entertaining and every now and then yeah, they have, L2. They have something yeah. interesting. And, and like, to that point, and this is neither on neither side of the whatever, but like the the main thing that the L2 people do is, is they seem to track engagement. Like they use engagement as like a measurable thing. And maybe I don't have uh, access beyond their paywall. Maybe there's some more detailed stuff. But engagement, as far as I have understood over the years, is basically like if you click like or you share something or you write a comment, right? Like you respond to something. And I'm always curious, like in the Instagram case, like, is that a measure of anything? Like, what is the translation between engagement and like making money? Now, on the other hand, like a lot of the stuff in Instagram is like, click here to like go buy. Man, the ads you get here in the Netherlands are, are, are are funny. (laughs) or <laughs> good stuff, <laughs> yeah. but you know, they'll just be like, you know, here's some shoes. Like there's a lot of stuff. That's like, here's just some drop ship shoes from some factory somewhere with like hipsters and rolled up pants wearing them. And uh I guess, I guess that as with all like online ad stuff, it's really easy to track if it works or not because people mm-hmm. click on it and buy it. Yep. But I, I, you know, as far as like just measuring like engagement stuff, like I always feel like, is that like, that seems kind of stupid. <laughs> like unless that like actually translates into uh like sales like it's it's hard to know if it uh if it's a big deal or not but yeah, yeah well i, I instagram's a, to- a good a good counter case yeah. of just like that seemed bonkers and it worked out which i guess is uh kind of guardrails for for halo effect stuff
2: Yeah, I was going to say, but two that, you know, kind of closer to home in our our little area, right, like, you know, both GitLab and GitHub, right, have both gone on to do really well. So, you know, GitLab Mm -hmm. just got some new funding and they're reportedly valued at a $2.7 billion. And then, of course, you know, we know GitHub got acquired a while back for, I think, $7 billion. Um, And so... If you go back in time, like so, I always th- try to think like you only. Oftentimes, like human nature is to only remember like your great predictions that you didn't act on, as if you didn't have any wrong predictions. But I remember seeing GitHub like a long time ago, and and just thinking to myself like that doesn't make any sense. Like source control, like that will just, that's just free, right? Like you know, going all the way back to like Microsoft SourceSafe and all this uh, clear yeah. case, and it's just like you were never like wow, these going to be billion dollar companies, but now. You know, and, and credit to these guys that they're obviously built on really the same open source protocols. But oh, what came out of that? Well, there's a huge network effect, right? There's a huge community that gets built, and then now you have all of the the DevOps, CI, CD um, functionality that gets added onto these. And it's like, yeah, that is a really sticky um, set of tools that people use all the time. And it's a place that they will pay for additional functionality, especially as they get bigger yeah. over time. And then finally, like. You know, it's obviously a lot smaller than Instagram, but once you get kind of critical mass, right? You can offer four dollars a month uh, per user, and that actually turns into a significant business. And I know their pricing plans higher than that. And it's like, I, like to me, I like I will just say, like, if I was the Scott Valley way back there, I'd probably be making fun of it more likely yeah. than I'd be like, wow, these are going to go on to be really, really uh, successful things. Because as we've talked about with monitoring and other things, like you know, we talk about Nagios all the time. It's like, yeah, you know, some places it doesn't change, but in the case of Git. Um, it really, you know, source control has changed and it's become a really profitable business, business for these two guys for sure.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, I think it's as, 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 you know, one of my other like pet, pet mind frames is the, uh, I don't know, to give it a label is like, you know, the, uh, the price of milk phenomena, which is like my grandmother always knew the price of milk. Uh, and she was always shocked by it. Cause of course she like, you know, grew up in the depression in Arkansas where I'm sure milk costs like a piece of grass or whatever. And uh so she would know like, oh, the milk is like $2 and 32 cents at the store. And like, I think, I think the, the thing that she could never adjust to was just like, yeah, that's just what milk costs nowadays. And similarly, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. A software company is worth like a billion dollars, whatever. Right. Like it's not a big deal. And so there's just kind of like, there's just like that there's this, uh, this rising of of what's normal that, uh, it's hard to get used to at some point, just like, I don't know maybe collabnet at some point was worth like whatever the uh, mid 2000s equivalent of a, of a billion dollars was because they had subversion or or something like that uh, but
1: yeah <laughs> but they weren't cuz they they didn't have you know, they didn't have the critical mass and the network
0: effects that that, that GitHub had. I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah SourceForge and CollabNet never really took off the same way.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah, 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 and 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 again, like Brandon pointed out, the the turn is like, hey, people will pay for version control because you got all this other stuff around. Like, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, if you go to the grocery store, you could just like buy all these raw ingredients, or you can pay more to buy this little packet that tells you how to cook it and everything's chopped for you. So you get your network effects and all this stuff instead of, it's, that's a terrible analogy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, we got a lot of conferences coming up. Uh, it's, yes. it's little travel season. Like I mentioned, I'll be at DevOps days, London next week where uh, I don't know, maybe I should take a picture of people who give out swag and don't give out swag and do a reverse shame thing. Who, who are the brave swagsters that, uh, well, that you'll have,
1: you you'll have software to find talk stickers at the uh, at, at least i hope
0: so this will be i'll i'll reverse a, a year-long trend where i'll actually have them on my person instead of in my hotel room <laughs> and uh to be able to hand them out to people i can that'll that'll be great and then also uh not too far from now finally it's going to be october 7th to 10th it's going to be the spring one platform in austin texas it's going to be october 7th to 10th as i mentioned it'll be fun You can get a $200 off with a discount code if you go look at the, uh, uh, the show notes. And, uh, I don't know. There's probably some, I think, I think there's some spring one tours being scheduled for next year. Once I know what they are, I'll mention them, but, but how about yourself, Matt Ray, anything exciting going on in conference land? Oh yeah. So, um, speaking of October, finally being here, uh, October 9th and 10th,
1: I'll be in Singapore at cloud expo Asia, uh, hot off of, uh. A vacation to the uh, the Outback. I will head up to Singapore Cloud Expo Asia, giving a talk there about um, the coded enterprise. You know, mm. I, I always like talking about that. And then uh, uh, I'm on the wait list for emacs Conf, and oh, i Don't want to spoil on. it. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's
1: unacceptable. Uh, oh, well, you know, I think they're still working on their agenda. Uh, you know, we don't need to pressure, him, but I, uh, I'd like to talk. I, I got things I want to show you uh, about. Uh,
2: Matt Ray, you uh, send the word. You send the word when, <laughs> when, when you are ready, and we will. Dude. I, I have. We have emails queued. We have Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter army ready. We no. will. We will demand that you get. Do, your do they not?
0: Do they not like have an open slot because like Stallman won't be speaking anymore, and so it frees up some time for someone else to come in?
1: <laughs> oh. Ooh, uh, yeah. I think uh, may, maybe I'll take his slot. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't even have it. No, actually, I don't. I don't think he's that. He hasn't been involved with that and. You know decades hmm. um but uh yeah yeah so uh still waiting to hear back from emacs conf and uh we'll see how the rest of the the calendar year sorts out haven't haven't locked a lot down yet
0: mm. and then also uh in november there's the uh, gartner symposium slash it expo trademark sign in uh barcelona and uh, that's november 3rd to 7th and if you email me or contact me, I have a discount code that'll get you 625 euros off, which is about $5,000 if I remember the current Whoa. exchange rate. Uh, oh. and so, uh, that's, oh. that is the largest. It's actually not $5,000 just, <laughs> just, just in <laughs> case. Like, that, wow. Yeah. I
2: need to get paid in euros.
0: Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the largest discount code I've, uh, I've ever had my hands on. So someone should use it. And, uh, as I recall, it's a terribly worded one. Do we do we have any uh, listener feedback or uh, or any administrative Tiva this week? Brandon? We do.
2: We got one thing. Uh, our friends over at KubeCon they gave us a discount. So if you're going to KubeCon North America, which is November 18th through the 21st, you can use code. Oh, I'm gonna try to read this. Don't worry, it's in the show notes. K C N A S F T P O D nineteen. You type all that in, you get 10% off, and you can go to KubeCon. And I'm last i I'm sure there will be ten, twenty thousand 20,000 people there talking about containers. So mm. everyone should go, I'm sure. And then we did get a little listener feedback. I sent some stickers to Byron from Birmingham, Alabama. And the internet tells me he went to Auburn, or I think he's affiliated with it. So I finally get to say, where do you go? I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's all that really matters is that I get to say, College phrases from random places. So, thank you for Byron for uh, writing in. And if you would like to get a sticker, all you have to do is send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. And I'll be happy to send you a sticker. And we can pretty much send them anywhere in the world. So, feel free to send me an email and I'd be happy to send you a sticker.
0: hmm. And it's always fun to see what you do with your stickers. You should send in pictures, which we will enjoy. We do. I, th- I think that's the only guarantee our enjoyment potentially might happen so this week uh matt ray what do you have to recommend
1: uh so so uh my recommendation this week is uh Apex twins website um, oh my god oh jesus <laughs> 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 oh. Well, well, right. um, oh geez isn't this where yeah. they like
2: make the music they like con- they consciously make the music like non what is it like non-lyrical and it's complicated. I don't know. I don't understand
0: uh, it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> like so they, make it, I... they
2: make it they make it worse, but it makes it better. It's something like that. It's like a thing like that, right? You get no, you just no. got to
0: go back to the com- the comfort of warbirds, warbirds, <laughs> war eagle. <laughs> They're war, war eagle. Eagles. I don't even I don't even know it. <laughs> that, that, Cote, that's, that's Cote
2: alienating the Auburn fan base. That was that was Cote. Don't write in about yeah, that. War that, eagle. Yes.
0: Now now are they, yes. are they are they are they like a bald eagle or one of them Roman eagles? That's all like brown. Uh-huh like brown feathered on. um
2: they're brown the they're brown brown with uh but they have the the silver or gray hair and so what is that i don't know what kind of eagle that is well now we're now we messed it up now <laughs> now we've gone now we've alienated all the auburn fans and now matt ray and then and then i mean
0: wrote. while we're here i mean isn't isn't a red tide like you don't want to eat anything after a red tide like that, uh, is that a good Crimson thing to Crimson Tide. Like...
2: Wow, we're doing bad here. Okay. Crimson Tide is what you're thinking about. That's a whole different university. The still, entire state of Alabama. Oh,
0: we're, we're losing they the say,
2: entire state of Alabama.
1: They say we're Eagles, but it's the Auburn Tigers. I don't get it. Well, that's a
2: whole nother. I mean, that would go on, that would go on for a long time. That would be very complicated. So Apex,
0: right. twin. right, Apex Twins. Apex Twins <laughs> website with uh... –
2: um,
1: <laughs> the The reason I'm recommending it is uh uh all of his old like b sides and stuff are up, uh, and you can listen to them, of course, you can buy them um but uh that's that's what I wanted to get at like you know i have been a fan of his music for a long time, but uh all the collected antiquities and cassette only releases collected are up antiquities. there antiquities
0: that's good yeah, uh-huh.
1: it's good stuff uh-huh. so that's my pick
0: so brandon when you're not uh when you're not delivering your milk what are things you would recommend?
2: Well, um, well, now I feel like I gotta go back here. Here's the 2001. So here's the Auburn thing. Since 2001, Auburn has presented an untethered Eagle to fly over Jordan Hare stadium prior to the start of football games, war Eagle seven, a golden Eagle named Nova along with spirit, a bald Eagle performed the war Eagle flight before all Auburn home games at Jordan Hare stadium. There you go. That's, that's the deal. That's what that is. Um, On to my recommendations. So two recommendations this week. Warbird. One, it's it's the – what is – I mean, one is so trivial, but I cannot tell you how happy I am. So it's only for iPhone users, but by some miracle, you can now use your Audible credits uh, from inside the iPhone app. You don't Mm. have to, like, go to the website, use the credit, then go back to the app and download it. Um, And, of course, this was because of – I'm sure it's had to do with, you know – Apple wanted to take a cut of the profits if they, you know, bought through the app. So it's just a miracle. So if you're an Audible iPhone user, you're like me. It's like it has finally happened. And then it reminded me because I was listening to Radio Lab this week. Radio Lab had a great episode called Tit for Tat, which dives into the Prisoner's Dilemma, right? You know, like, uh, how, do, how do you analyze that, and what's the best strategy if you're playing the mm-hmm. game Prisoner's Dilemma? And when I felt like uh, Amazon and Apple had kind of been in their Prisoner's Dilemma over this probably for a long period of time, because clearly, it would have been great to have a iPhone apps. So that's a great episode if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's a little bit of computer science kind of talk in there. And then uh, they reveal... And now that'll, that'll be the tease for you. They reveal the best strategy for playing prisoner's oh. dilemma if you are so interested. In. So, so check out that episode, and then you can go buy some books on uh, Audible to listen to them.
0: Yeah, that is, I haven't I, I I was excited about that because buying a book on your phone is terrible. And inevitably what would happen is like I would log into Audible on the website to buy it. And of course, you've got to combat the thing like, no, don't actually open the Amazon app. That's not what I want. Like, I, I wish yeah. there was some way of turning that off. But then you log in. I would I would try to do something. And then Audible would be in this weird state where it would be like, oh, your credit card doesn't work. So you need to go register this credit card over on Amazon.com and then your Amazon app opens up. So then you got to go back over here and it's just like, ah, fuck this shit.
2: Yeah, and then you don't buy the book or you forget about it. So yes, those days are behind us.
0: (sighs) that's really nice. And then and then I never really understood the prisoner's dilemma. What to do with that? It's like that uh it's like that Welsh chaos theory stuff, the Sin fin or whatever. It's just like, all right, well this is a good model for like complex shit and like now I got to go like make some spaghetti. Like, what do I, what do I do with this? Right? Like, how do I, so that, that would I, be I fun. Close some tickets. Yeah. That would I'll be fun. i that making spaghetti
2: is not the best strategy to win the prisoner's dilemma. So I'll, just, I'll, just Damn sucks. It. I'll let you know. There's more to learn on that episode. That so it, up.
0: it would be nice to know what to do with that is, is all that I'm saying when, uh, you know, what, what I, what I do with that way of thinking, well, my recommendation its a, I, I don't know this is this is an operational recommendation. So I heard when I moved here that a lot of of uh, of Amsterdam people have more than one bike. and maybe they have a second bike that they kind of keep in another part of town so that when they go there they can use that bike. and i I bought a cheap bike, so I've had this cheap, shitty bike for a while, and then I got a nice bike that I use all the time. And I had this, so I got it to take the kids to school by bus because it's a far away away. And uh, I miss riding my bike. So I was thinking like what I should do, is I should take my second bike, my shitty bike, and I'll park it at their school. And maybe this is a, this is a traveling bikesman thing. It's like, <laughs> so I'll take the bike. I mean, I'll take the bus with the kids down to the school. Then I bike back home. So I get to bike. And then when I got to pick them up, I'll bike to the school. And then I lock the bike up at the school and we take the bus back. You see, I don't, you see how that goes. That, that would be great. So I, I haven't been able to put this into effect. I think it would be a genius plan, so I recommend doing it. But I had forgotten that because my old bike was shitty and crappy, that if you pedal, and it has the pedals where you push back on the pedals to brake, and so if you pedal for like maybe, let's say, five blocks, one of the pedals gets loose, and as happened to me the other day, the uh, the whole pedal shaft will just totally fall off the bike, and uh, then the bike is non-operational. So make sure that your, your pedals are screwed nicely. And I think, I think this happened about a year ago. And, uh, I asked for some recommendations. I didn't even know what to call this thing. And someone uh, came up with the name for it, but get yourself a second bike so that you can strategically deploy it about the city instead of being your, your, your nice bike. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, there is no link to my second bike scheme, unlike links to the other recommendations you've heard and discounts and other things like that and to our wonderful sponsors solar winds and uh, hide my ass uh, so you can do that but <laughs> if you if you want to uh, get a load of those things you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash197 or if you want to see all the past episodes you can just go to softwaredefinedtalk.com you should join our slack channel we got a little newsletter that goes out every time and episodes out there all sorts of good stuff but with that we'll see everyone next time bye bye Bye.